This is Finding Joy, the healthcare professional's journey to wellness and resiliency. It's a podcast resource developed by the Interprofessional Opioid Curriculum Team at Washington State University. The goal is to promote wellness among students, faculty, and healthcare professionals during challenging times. Funding is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. Medical school is a grind even in the best of times. Students spend months in the classroom studying the parts of the body and how they work together. They take that academic learning to the anatomy lab and explore with cadavers. They learn how to interview patients and then go out into the field and practice their skills under the supervision of licensed doctors. It's four years of hard work. The COVID pandemic has added to the degree of difficulty. We asked two students how they've adjusted. You know, that was a struggle last year, trying to keep up with schoolwork during COVID. But I think uh, in some ways it's been great because it's given me time to sort of structure my study skills for medical school. You have to restructure everything. Folks are like, medical school is hard. Like people often are complaining about all the things they have to juggle. And I was like, yeah, it was hard. I've had my moments where I feel down and depressed. Um, but I think fortunately I've been at a medical school where I've been able to take my interests and transform them into a professional and a personal identity. I'm Doug Nadvornik. Join me for two views of the medical school journey on Finding Joy. So my name is Aditya Vekaraju. I'm a second year medical student here at Washington State University. Um, so I guess start off with, um, I was born in Hyderabad, India, which is sort of like South India. Um, and my parents and I immigrated here when I was three years old. We actually moved to Phoenix first in Arizona, um, lived there for a couple of years, decided to go back for a bit <laughs> to India when I was in the fourth grade. So I had, had the opportunity to go to school there for a couple of years too. And then when I was in the seventh grade, we moved to Seattle and, you know, we've lived here ever since in Washington. Aditya Vegaraju graduated from the University of Washington with bachelor's degrees in chemistry and biochemistry. Like every other medical student, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go into medicine since before um, applying for college. Uh, that was kind of what I really wanted to do. The reason I was very into medicine from such a young age was I actually got very sick when we first moved to India. I had this uh, really bad case of pneumonia. I was in the hospital for like a month or two. Um, you know, was got very familiar with the procedures, the doctors, the staff. And I found that I really liked there, even though I was so sick. It's kind of weird to say this, but it was like an adventure land for me. It's just like finding new things every day. So he applied for medical school and was accepted by the Washington State University College of Medicine. Nearly halfway through, he's working to find what he wants to focus on. It seems like every time we cover a subject, I suddenly switch tracks. I'm like, I want to do this now. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, you know, the next few years will clear that up for me. Because of the pandemic, Vegaraju was part of the first class to start all virtual medical school. He felt alone in the process of assimilating all of the new information that was thrown at him. Every pre-med or medical student can understand an undergrad. We were, you know, we were all doing as much as we can to get like over 90% on every exam. We were like cramming before exams. Um, we would like have all sorts of uh, 
studying techniques and just try to figure things out as we went along. Um, when it comes to medical school, I think it's just not possible to cram. It's not possible to just um, see an exam coming in the next few days and just try to get all that information into your head. It's just too much. Like it's a fire hose. So you need time to sort of have that percolate in your mind. So one thing I'm doing differently um, is having a study schedule every day, like one to two hours. So that I have a more long-term approach to um, retaining the information I'm learning or um, I'm understanding more because I'm taking in less every day. So I have time to reflect on it um, and then build upon it as I learn more information. And then with medical school, it's not about how much you can remember, it's about how well you can synthesize it. So from what I remember about medical school, there tended to be small groups who would get together, maybe twos and threes and fours. Did you have that last year when you were all online? Were you able to, to have that sort of camaraderie with at least a small group of folks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say um, that was one of the better experiences of medical school last year was having that small group experience uh, just because it was more of an intimate um, environment for people to share about what was going on. Um, but for example, during one of our groups, um, we would take the first couple of minutes just to catch up with each other and see what, how people are doing at school, even though that wasn't technically required, just because we all needed it that much. Um, and that really made medical school more bearable. So fast forward to this year, how is it different in terms of, I guess, the physical getting together? And, and do you have the same group? Are you still with that same group? Or did you sort of rotate to different folks? We uh, have different groups this year, and I think being in person makes it so much easier to interact with each other because on Zoom, I don't know if you notice this, but it's so hard to like know when to speak up, when is someone done talking. Um, the body language is so critical. I think that's what Zoom has taught us last year. Um, and then now being in person, being able to see other people and kind of see like the kind of impact your words are having is so important to me. <laughs> Because sometimes I talk too much, sometimes I don't talk enough. So anatomy lab. First year anatomy lab is really important. Were you able to do any of that last year or are you, are you playing catch up on that? No, uh, we were not able to do it with the anatomy lab last year, unfortunately. It's one, uh, one of the biggest disappointments for me personally. Um, we did have a great uh, anatomy faculty who were able to find some amazing resources um, like a Panasonic resource to give us very, um, you know, very detailed pictures of cadavers that we can, you know, look through. Um, that was very nice to have, although, you know, nothing can really substitute for the real thing. Um, luckily this year we did have, we do have a chance to go into the anatomy lab and sort of observe the dissection that our current first years are doing. Um, we've also had the opportunity to do some dissections ourselves. Do you feel like you're behind in that sense? The fact that you didn't, you weren't able to get your hands in there last year? In some ways, yeah, I definitely feel uh, that dearth of anatomy knowledge. Um, I feel like I would remember so much more if my hands were actually in there, like looking at these things and like seeing in person um, how different it looks from textbooks. For example, you know, I learned this year that the arteries don't have their names written on them. <laughs> so we have to figure that out for ourselves. Part of the experience is I think a couple of times a year, three times a year, you get to go out for a week and do some rotations at, at other places or have you had the the opportunity to do that yet um we've had one or two so far that we were able to do our school has been very strict with covid guidelines and want to make sure that we're not um, hurting the communities we're trying to serve so 
Um, but the ones I have been on have been very cool. I've been on one with a cardiologist, uh, one with an anesthesiologist, and I think I did also one rotation at the emergency department. And you know, each one has a has a different um, perspective to offer, which is really cool. The pandemic affected not just the medical students' academic lives, but their social lives as well. Fegaraju says this year has been better. I'm moving to Spokane. Um, I've been able to do a lot of things that I wasn't able to do last year because of COVID. I joined a club, badminton club in Spokane. So we've been playing a lot of badminton, playing some volleyball. Sometimes I do meditation. That helps a lot for me. Uh, not even long periods, just like five minutes, 10 minutes. Going to the gym has been very helpful too. Others handle their stress differently. One of my classmates mentioned that they have this coloring book for anatomy, <laughs> which is an interesting way to you know, both study and relax. The name of the podcast is Finding Joy. I'll ask you one more time to say where you find the most joy right now. Okay, this is a very difficult question because I find joy in so many things. Uh, I'm learning how to cook. I find joy in that. I'm, you know, playing badminton. I actually have a, I'm going to a tournament this Saturday in Pullman. I'm finding joy in that. I'm finding joy in learning new things about the human body every day. Um, I'm finding joy in um, working with my classmates. That's second-year Washington State University medical student Aditya Vegaraju. He and some of his peers have looked for guidance and mentorship to the school's third- and fourth-year medical students. One of them is fourth-year student Ravneet Warich. So how has your journey through medical school changed during this whole pandemic thing? You know, it's been a privilege and an honor to be a part of one of the most challenging points in our history, right, globally and locally, nationally. I've had to reflect a lot on uh, the COVID-19 monitoring program and those community organizing experiences as I've been going through my interviews. Um, And it's really been eye-opening to take a course that I took in November 2018 at the beginning of my medical education and be able to transform that into like a tangible skill um, through the community monitoring program and through all of the work that I did as a preclinical student. And now I think it's helped really shape the vision I see myself, I see for myself as a future physician. Um, You know, I see community engagement and community organizing as a big part of my vision of myself five to 10 years from now, no matter what I end up, you know, I might be a hospitalist, I might be a primary care physician, I might specialize. My future is kind of wide open when it comes from a purely intellectual academic standpoint. But I've definitely been able to envision myself as a medical professional a bit better. How would you characterize your growth as a person and as a student? As a student, I've been reflecting on the things that we do um, to just kind of go through the motions. Sometimes we get stuck in this trap where we feel like we have to check boxes. You know, I have to do research. Let's check that box. I have to do volunteer work. Let's check that box. I have to do well in my board exams. I have to do well in my coursework. I have to get along with people. There's always a long running checklist that you're evaluated on on a daily basis too. You're always under a microscope. And I think something that I started my medical school with, my medical education with, excuse me, was making sure that, yeah, I need to check those boxes to become a physician and MD, but I wanted to make sure I was pursuing projects and opportunities that aligned with my personal values and principles. Um, Because I learned pretty early on that wellness for me meant being action oriented and being able to do something about a wrongdoing or an issue within a system that I see. And so as a student, I I tell this to people now, I'm like, this is the happiest I've been in my life. 
in medical school. And some of my interviewers laugh at me because, <laughs> because folks are like, medical school is hard. Like people often are complaining about all the things they have to juggle. And I was like, yeah, it was hard. I've had my moments where I feel down and depressed, but I think fortunately I've been at a medical school where I've been able to take my interests and transform them into a professional and a personal identity. One thing I've, I learned in being around enough medical students is they made time or they made an effort to have a separate life away from medical school simply because it would overwhelm them if they allowed it to. How has that worked for you? My life, I would say it was like 75% to 80% consumed by my medical education, all the extracurricular work I do. For me, it's been, I have fortunately family on the west side of the state, um, just north of the Tacoma area. And I've been very intentional. I mean, pre-pandemic, I was really intentional about visiting them, seeing them, making sure I was seeing my friends outside of medical school, because it's really easy to fall in this trap where you're only spending time around medical students and medical professionals. So all you talk about is medicine. And so I had to remind myself I need to remember how to talk like a normal, the average person, a normal person in society. Um, so I was really intentional about visiting my family members throughout the pandemic. I've learned the art of the phone call <laughs> a little bit better. Um, so, you know, I made sure I FaceTimed my family. I made sure I called the people and friends that I actually didn't end up seeing until 18 months later since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and then you know, I love eating, cooking, and feeding people. <laughs> so. so I've asked other people this. Um, as they go through this, do you have a, a spiritual life that you've sort of leaned on? Has that increased, decreased? How has that been? Yeah, I um, grew up in a Punjabi household, a Punjabi Sikh household. And so being spiritual, well, being religious was a big part of our lives. As I became an adult, it turned more into a spiritual spirituality Learning to meditate again has been a big part of my um, personal journey through the pandemic. You know, growing up fifth, sixth grade, we were taught to, my mom trained us, you know, every morning you wake up, you shower, you eat your breakfast and you pray or you meditate for uh, 10, 15 minutes before you start your day. And that's a, a form of mindfulness, I would say, even though they didn't have that language at that time. Slowly that fell off. You know, you go to college, you turn 21, your life changes, what you think you value changes. But I've really turned back to that and I make sure that I've built that practice into my day-to-day -day life. Um, and actually I'm now getting trained to formally read scripture. I just started about two months ago. And so this pandemic has been challenging, but it's really given me the time and the tools to turn back to my culture and turn back to meditation. So as you're an observer of your fellow students and maybe even of the faculty that you spend time with, is there a way that you can generalize what you've seen as trends or have people, are people generally coping well with it? Are they struggling with it? How would you as, a, as an observer see it? I think, you know, we've all kind of gone through this phase of personal growth and folks have really been able to figure out what they prioritize in their lives. I think as medical professionals, it's easy to let your work consume your life. And the pandemic was a call to action for medical professionals. And people showed up, you know, medical professionals showed up from the techs to the nurses, to the community workers, to the doctors, everybody. But I think it really gave people the opportunity to step back and take a look at the things that matter to them. Family, friends, time together, the simple joy of going out and eating a meal or going on a hike, but also how they engage with their communities and the folks that they sit next to on the bus um, or the people that they run into on the street. 
you know, some of the places are still struggling with COVID. Some places are just struggling with it still. You know, I live in a, an area that has relatively low vaccination rates. And so COVID is still a very real thing within the four walls of the hospital, even if it might not be in larger metropolitan areas. And the struggle is still there. You know, I'm still observing burnout with ICU nurses in the emergency department. And I think folks are still learning to cope. I think people have figured out their priorities, but now we're redefining how to spend time, spend more time on the things that are at the top of our list. Ravneed Warich is a fourth-year medical student at the Washington State University Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine. In March 2022, she'll learn where she'll spend the first several years of her career as a medical doctor. She'll graduate in May and then work in an internal medicine residency. We thank her for sharing her perspective. The Interprofessional Opioid Curriculum also wants to thank the following individuals for their contributions to the project. Dr. Barb Richardson, nurse, educator, and interprofessional champion. Cameron Cup, who created the Finding Joy Medical Score. He's a medical student in the WSU College of Medicine. Washington State University staff for marketing and communications, from financial services, and the collaboration for interprofessional education, research, and scholarship. And Claire Martin-Tellis, the executive producer of this podcast project, and student intern Solon Araf. They developed the first five episodes of the Finding Joy podcast. This version was produced by Doug Nadvornik from Spokane Public Radio. If you're interested in sharing your perspective about wellness and resiliency as a healthcare professional, or you'd like to reach out to the Interprofessional Opioid Curriculum Team, please send an email to medicine.ipoc at wsu.edu. That's medicine.ipoc at wsu.edu. We also encourage you to visit the team's website at opioideducation.wsu.edu forward slash about. That's opioideducation.wsu.edu forward slash about.